It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. Episode 127, delay closing versus terminating the sales contract. In a perfect world, every home purchased between buyers and sellers would go completely smooth with no bumps or hiccups along the way. We get to closing on time. Everyone is in a delightful mood. Closing goes off without a hitch and buyers and sellers go merrily along their separate ways, happier than a kid in a candy store. However, back here on planet Earth, we realize that not every purchase goes this way. Sometimes obstacles in the home buying selling process arise. Today, we're going to talk about what buyers and sellers should consider if we get to the day of closing and are unable to actually close. Should buyers and sellers delay closing or should the sales contract just be terminated and everyone start over at square one? We're going to answer that today. My name is Lou Lombardi and the man that can answer all of your real estate questions, Mr. Jason Wilcox is here. I was waiting for you to introduce me as uh, your terminated realtor. Nah, the realtor terminator. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I like the way you think, Lou. You always have a much more positive spin on things than I do, which I, I love. I, okay, good. Which I love. <laughs> if there's something love- you want me to say in the future, you could put it in the notes and I'll say it. But that seemed a little harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. I'm just going to come up with the craziest creative stuff that I can think of. Crazy and creative can- is good. Yeah, okay. something like I'm I'm the SpongeBob of realtors or something like that. SpongeBob like just, of realtors. Listen, who doesn't love SpongeBob? Little yeah. absent-minded, little quirky, but who doesn't love SpongeBob? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So interesting point about this particular podcast today. I think I was ranting about this a couple of weeks ago. And then as I was ranting, I was like, hey, Jason, this would be a great idea for a podcast episode. So what turned into what started as a little rant is now going to turn into a big rant because we're just going to take this little rant to make it a full podcast episode. So as I always say, I'm going to try not to rant during this podcast episode, but it's my podcast and I'll rant if I want to. It's my podcast and I'll rant rant if I want. So uh, this is obviously a subject that is near and dear to your heart. Obviously, you've dealt with these problems because I'm sure, you know, this is a comp. Look, if you've been listening, right, for 127 episodes, you know that there, this is a complicated process. There's a lot of moving parts. Yes. And everything, I think it's kind of a miracle (laughs) when it actually comes off because from like what I've learned over the past 127 episodes is like, there's a lot that could go wrong. So, yes. you know, this is one of those things that 
we have to address. So what do yes. we do? And so right. let's go ahead and maybe get into, first of all, what does it mean? What, what is, what is delaying? Like, what does that like entail if we yes. decide to delay? Yes. So to kind of start to back to square one, like we always do, because that's how we like to work things here at sure. the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. There are times when we get to the day of closing. And for those of you who are not aware, the day of closing is predetermined in the sales contract way back in the beginning when the buyers make an offer and the sellers agree to the offer. Part of agreeing to that offer is a close day. We have picked a specific day on the calendar. You know, if we were to write an offer, maybe we agree that we're going to close December 12th or we're going to close November 14th. Well, what happens is we get to that day of closing and we're not ready to close. There is some piece of the closing puzzle that is not completed yet and we are not ready to close. And you have to remember in a sales contract, you have buyers, sellers, you have a lender, you have a title company, and then you have a bunch of other ancillary people involved. You know, the title company needs stuff from the borough building. They need stuff from the um, the, the the tax collector. Right. You know, the 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 lender needs stuff from the appraiser. There's a whole bunch of moving pieces. And so what happens is we get to the day of closing and somebody didn't turn something in to get us to closing. So to delay closing simply means we are going to push back the day that we were going to close. Maybe we were supposed to close December 14th. Now we're going to push it back to December 21st. Maybe we're going to close November you know, 7th. Now we're going to close November 10th. So the idea of delaying closing means you're still going to close. You're still going to have the buyer buy the property from the seller who's trying to sell the property, but we're just having to push back closing because something didn't get done and we're waiting for that piece of the puzzle to be done. And once we get that piece of the puzzle done, we can then all go to closing. That's what it means to delay closing. Okay. So terminate the sales contract sounds pretty self-explanatory, but you want to go ahead and maybe give a quick couple sentences about that. Yeah. Basically, it just means that one of the two parties, either the buyer or the seller has decided to end the sales contract. Either the seller is going to no longer sell the property to the buyer or the buyer is no longer going to buy the property. And we're just going to go our separate ways. The seller is going to try to find another buyer for the property and the buyer is going to look to uh, purchase another property. And basically it means they're both, it's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, like a divorce or like a splitting up of, of partners where it's like, okay, we're both going to go back onto the open market here because the, the seller's going to go back onto the market to try to find a new buyer. The buyer's going to go back on the market to try to find a new house to, to, to purchase. Okay. So let's start with delayed. Since we started with that, what might cause, what are some of the things that might cause the process to be delayed? You touched on the- it briefly, but yeah. According to the Realtor Handbook, there are approximately 97,243 <laughs> and a half reasons why a, a, a closing can be delayed. Um, there, there are a number of, of ways. Probably the most common things that I have seen um, on the lending side, the lender has not gotten the clear to close. Basically, the clear to close means that the underwriter is not satisfied with something. There's either, uh, you know, something didn't get turned 
turned in, something needs resolved. Uh, but the underwriter with the lender is unhappy about something um, that the that the that the about the buyer's financial situation, you know, or it could be that something like, you know, the appraiser came back. I'm, I'm dealing with this right now where the appraiser came back um, and appraised the house. It appraised. Uh, but there's a repair that needs to be done. We need to get that repair done before closing. If that repair is not done um, and the appraiser has not signed off on the repair, that could delay closing. Um, on the seller side, usually, usually it involves um, not getting the documents from the institution that they needed to get to. Um, uh, public enemy number one, as we all have said in the past, is Jordan Tax Service. Um, either Jordan Tax Service hasn't sent their you know tax certifications over. Um, maybe they're still related waiting on the release of lien letters from the borough, depending on how long it took for the seller to get the die test done. Um, maybe the, the lien letters were not released the right way. Those are probably the two most common, the, 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 the two most common reasons is that we're waiting on something from the lender or we're waiting on something from the title company. Rarely, rarely, rarely is it the buyer themselves or the sellers themselves. It's usually their, their, their entities that are involved, either the lender, or the title company that needs more time. Those are probably the two most common reasons. Uh, so the seller might discover a lien or something, an old loan or something on yeah. the property that they had forgotten about or didn't know about, mm -hmm. you know, so little things like that can happen. So, um, yeah. And they, they, we, and then we need to get the payoff and the verification that actually happened to me once. That was, that was a mess. Um, happened yeah, to me but, too. That's why I was mentioning it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, but if people, everybody's being reasonable, those are all reasonable reasons. Let's, you know, yes. right, right, exactly. So, but some people just say, no, I'm out. <laughs> yes. So and before, it, yeah, good. So I was going to say before you just consider just jumping out yes. and saying, screw this. What are some things that people might want to think about before they just go, beyond the delay to the terminating. <laughs> exactly. And, and and by the way, I guess I want to preface this by saying that one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up is because look, what we're talking about in a vacuum right now makes sense. You go, "Oh, it makes sense. The lender needs a few more days, the title company right. needs a few more days." It happens. That's in a vacuum. Now let's put ourselves into the real world. Okay, you've been under contract for 45 days. Sellers busted their behinds to clean up the house and make it look, you know, like no one has ever lived there for it to go on the market. And then they got a contract after having 27 showings in 2 days and, you know, then they had, you know, an offer come in and now they got to move their whole house in 45 days. And oh, by the way, they're now moving down to Kentucky cuz he's got to start a new job and you know she's got a new job and the kids have to get in a new school so life is just a chaotic mess um you know and the and the buyers are exhausted because they're first-time home buyers they want to buy the home but they have no idea what buying a home is involved so they're exhausted of hiring and paying for inspections and the appraiser and the set and everything else everyone's exhausted so we get to that emotional state where we find out that things are going to be delayed um and everyone's emotionally exhausted they're emotionally tired so so the emotional response is F this, forget that. I'll just walk. Let's go back out into the market. And I get it. I get it. It sucks because you know what happens when something gets delayed. Buyers don't get to get into their house. Sellers don't get to sell their house. Sellers don't get their proceeds. And guess what? 
realtors don't get paid. <gasps> so, oh my God. Trust me, we hate it just no, sure as much you as you. I'm sure you do. Especially if you've been a pain in the ass client, we're ready to get rid of you. But that's beside the point because I don't work with any pain in the ass clients. So the emotional response is, ah, forget it. We'll go back out in the market. Da-da. Once cooler heads prevail, let's talk about what it looks like if you're actually going to terminate the sales contract versus saying, you know what? Let's give everyone another week. Let's give everyone another two weeks to try to figure this out before we we scratch the the whole the whole deal. Right. So, a couple of things you need to consider when you're going back out on or before you terminate and go back out on the market. Number one, there's no guarantee that the next offer is going to be for the same amount of money. Mm. You may have an offer for someone that wants to pay two hundred fifty thousand dollars for your house. You're no guarantee. You're not guaranteed that the next offer is going to be two hundred fifty thousand. You might be hard pressed to find someone who's willing to pay two forty for the next house and for the next the next offer. Now you're out ten thousand dollars. You don't know. You don't right, know. Right. 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 Yeah. You could. Yeah. I mean, you could be jumping out of the frying pan into the fire, or it could sit on the market until you find what you want. It could be giant. Mess. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Um. You, there's no guarantee that the next offer won't have seller assist attached to it. If you get a VA buyer or a FHA buyer, heck, even a conventional buyer that loves the house, but if they're a first-time home buyer and they don't have the funds, they might need 3%, 6% seller assist. So here and again, you know, you get a $250,000 offer, but if they need 6% seller assist, you know, that's over $12,000, you know, again, not the same amount of money. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's... No guarantee that the next offer won't have additional items they want fixed based on the home inspection. Let me be very clear. Let me back up with this one okay. because if I because I, I kind of briefly hinted at it earlier in the episode, but let me stress this: if you terminate, you're going back to square one. You're right. going back Absolutely. to the beginning, which means when you get a new buyer. They're going to want their inspections. If they want a loan, they're going to have to have an appraisal. They're going to go through the whole rigmarole. They're not just, it's not like, oh, you're kicking Ben Roethlisberger out in the fourth quarter and someone else is coming in to take over. No, 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 no. You're starting this football game all over again from 15 minutes in the first quarter. So (laughs) there's no guarantee. They're going to be a whole other slew of inspections. Who's not to say their home inspector isn't going to find something or they get panicked about something that the, the previous buyers weren't panicked about. And then they want more money or they want it fixed prior to closing. So you have to go back through the whole rigmarole of inspections and negotiating that there's no guarantee that the appraisal will praise for the same now, yes, there's some caveats. FHA and VA appraisals ride for six months uh, with the house, so you do have some protection there. That's that's like a that's like that's like saying, oh, the winds are only 40 miles an hour in this hurricane that's about to hit, not not 75, um, because you, you just don't know. You just don't know. Could change at any minute. <laughs> and then my favorite, my favorite, because no matter how many times I use this phrase. I realize that no one knows what I'm talking about. What are the carrying costs associated with owning the property? Remembering that it's not just longer you get to closing. There's no guarantee how long you're actually going to be on the market. You might be on the market for two months before you get an offer that wants to close in 45 Paying days. all the bills and everything, keeping all yep. that up. Yep. But what are the carrying costs? And I, we, we there's that magic T word, Lou. 
taxes. Uh, if you have to hold on to your property for another four months and you live in South Fayette and your taxes are 7,000 a year, which is not uncommon if you have a $400,000 house, four months is like, that's like two grand alone just in taxes. That doesn't include, yeah, utility bills. Um, um, you know, and then just upkeep of the property. If you're not living there, you got to drive over, you got to check on it. You know, heaven forbid, heaven forbid that hot water tank blows in that four months that had you closed on the house, it wouldn't have been your problem. But now it is. Now you just shout out 800 bucks for a new hot water tank because yeah. you're responsible for the property. You have no idea what what hundreds of thousands of dollars you're going to have in, in, in carrying costs as well. Insurance on the property. All of those things start to add up. So you just never yep. know. The point is going back onto the market and terminating can literally cost you tens of thousands of dollars, literally tens of thousands of dollars, because most people go, well, I can, I can go back out into the market and I can get more money for my property. Yes. And if I went to the gym and started becoming as funny as Kevin Hart, I might be able to date Halle Berry. Chances of that happening are very unlikely. I'm just saying that chances of that happening are very unlikely. And I say that as a very happily married man to my loving wife of of six years who's given birth to, well, one amazing child and one on the way. One so, on the way. Yes. yes. So all of those things you need to think of. Now, with that said, the emotional response is warranted and even encouraged I want you to get mad. I want you to get pissed. Take it out on me. You have every right to. Because trust me, I'm mad too. I'm mad too. It happens. It sucks. But let's not throw the baby out with bathwater. It sucks. My professional opinion is extend the closing. Only terminate. Only terminate if the deal is dead in the water. If the lender comes back and says, we can't fix this issue. That's when you terminate. If if the, if it's if 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 there's if it's dead in the water and there's no way of fixing it, then you have to terminate, and that sucks. But if there's a, a potential solution, work it out, figure it out, because trust me, your best option financially for the most money in your pocket is going to be to salvage the deal, delay closing, and give these buyers and or sellers a chance to get to closing. All good points. And I think that this does really uh, show that your divorce analogy is is dead on. This is, is, is exact. It's very similar. Very similar. So, yeah. so say you want, say for, okay. So some of these things happen, you need to fix something and, uh, and you're, contract Brian Murphy isn't able to get there within the 45 days to fix that little spot on your roof. He yeah. needs 50 days or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So what do you, how, what's the process of saying, Oh crap, I got, I, I just can't get this done in that short amount of time we're doing it, yeah. but we just can't get it. So, so what, how does that work if you need to extend? So, yeah. And, and by the way, as a side note, uh, I've also come that that's a great point that you bring up, Lou, about contractors not getting work done. Trust me, I've come up with solutions where we can still get houses closed and and have that be something that still needs to be done afterwards. So that's the first a thing lot of it is having at. the right realtor. <laughs> 
yes, real estate a lot advisor. Of real estate. <laughs> yeah, because remember, the old, the only reason the only reason we're delaying closing is because we we can't um we 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 can't we can't move forward without it. And you would be shocked at the number of times. I'll have a very quick story at the end about a, a, a recent closing I had that I thought we were going to delay, and we ended up not having to delay because cool. the title company actually had some had some pretty cool processes in play. Um, so the funny thing about extending closing is it's a one document. It is a two page document, one document. It's called a change in terms addendum. And literally it's a two page document with a bunch of different fill-ins. There's a line that literally says settlement date is changed from blank to blank. That's it. And it literally says settlement date is changed from, let's say it's November 14th. Now we're going to extend it to November 21st. That's it. And then it's a two-page document. Buyers and sellers initial the bottom of page one. They sign page two. That's it. That is literally all we need. If buyers and sellers are going to delay closing, if if buyers and sellers are um, are savvy with technology, I have literally had it filled out and all parties sign off in about 20 minutes. Um, it's that simple. It's just a two-page change in terms of denim. There's no need to redo the sales contract. There's no need to do anything crazy. We have change in terms addendums that just say we're going to extend the closing because those change in terms addendums are are designed by the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors to basically ride along with the sales contract so that you make those changes, but everything else in the sales contract is still right. applicable. Absolutely. So that's it. Yeah. So it's actually a very easy process, which I don't mind because if the emotions are riding high, you want to be able to extend closing pretty easily without a whole lot of paperwork or rigmarole. <laughs> paperwork, yeah, paperwork or drama or rigmarole. So yeah, that worked out well. So then um, the same thing happens for the next question, which is how do buyers and seller, sellers terminate the sales contract? It's actually a one-page document. Um, and the way it works is that um, it's actually a two part in one page. Okay. So the top portion is um, the, the termination of the agreement of sale. That's actually what we call a unilateral form. A unilateral means only one pot, one party has to sign off on it, which means if the buyers are terminating the sales contract, only the buyers have to sign the, the, the termination letter. If sellers are terminating, then the sellers sign the termination. That's it. So it's a, it's a half a page and it's signed by one party. Now, the bottom half of that is the release of hand money. And I'm not going to dive too much into this rabbit hole because we could spend a whole nother episode talking about the release of hand money. But the short version is that whichever brokerage or whichever party is holding the hand money, they cannot just release it because they feel like it, or they cannot just release it because, oh, the sales contract says so. The sales contract says that both parties have to sign on the release of hand money. It's what we call binary form because both parties have to sign off on it. So then we designate who's going to get the hand money and both both parties sign off on that. Once both parties have signed off on the release of hand money, they then, the, the brokerage that's holding or the party that's holding the hand money can then release it to the appropriate party. But literally one form top is the termination letter. Um, and, and then at the bottom half is the release of hand money. It's a one page document. Same thing. If, if everyone knows what they're doing and everyone's in agreement, it takes 20 to 30 minutes to send it out, DocuSign and be done with it. Boom. Yeah. It's that easy. It's okay. that easy. Okay. So, so it's easy to do. Both these are easy to do, but the termination can have more consequences for you. So it's something you really only want to do if it's, there's absolutely no other way 
Yes. So that's the sort of like short version of this situation. Yes. And, and if you, if buyers, especially um, I, again, I won't get into this. I actually, we need to reach out to our attorney friends. Cause I think the release of hand money episode would be a really cool episode to do, but I don't want to go at that one alone. I want an attorney to discuss that one with me. The short version is buyers. If you want to get your hand money back, you have to make sure that you're given permission in the sales contract to terminate if you terminate without a bona fide reason that you can cite in the sales contract, from there you've actually defaulted. So yeah. you have we to be had, careful because if we've you've defaulted before, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and if you've defaulted, you actually run the risk of losing your hand money. So your your realtor needs to be very very careful. Now, um, I will say this much: in the few times I've gotten into some hairy situations with termination, um, I've actually roped my my manager in. So if you're working in an office, you know we've had Milo on before. Milo's my sales manager; he's phenomenal and knows that sales contract forward and backwards. He's helped me walk through it, but um, just be careful because um, you have to make sure you're you're terminating for a bona fide reason. Cool. Okay. Do you have some sort of final thoughts or some example or something you would like to share, Jay? So I had a really, really cool um, situation happen a couple of weeks ago and um, just just supports the idea that uh, who you work with matters. Um, so I got, I had a closing a couple of weeks ago on a Monday and it was like Wednesday or Thursday or maybe Friday. I got the um, the settlement statement to review prior to closing just to make sure all the numbers look good. And the title rep said, hey, we're still waiting for one final document. We are waiting for um, the uh, the tax certifications from the uh, from the the tax company, which is Jordan Tax Service, which we have identified as public enemy number one multiple times on this podcast because they're atrocious. But I'll just digress there. Um, and what the 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 lender did was she said, "Hey, the seller has made note that he doesn't believe he's paid the taxes for the year, so I've just set some money in escrow." Basically, the short version is that escrow means the title company would hold that hand money or hold that money in escrow. Once they get the tax bill, okay. they would pay it off, and then any money that was left over, they release back to the seller. Okay. So we get to we get to Monday's closing. We were closing, I think, at one or something, and we're sitting there and we're talking. And I said, "Oh, I'm so thankful we're even here today." I said, "I didn't want." To say anything to the seller and scare them. I said, I was waiting for that email this morning for you to say that you still haven't gotten the tax certification and that closing was delayed. She goes, oh no, we haven't gotten the tax certification. She goes, just based on the conversations I've had with the seller, we have a rough idea of what we needed to hold back um, until we got the tax certification because the jo- running joke with Jordan Tax Services, you're supposed to get them within 15 days, but God only knows we could be sitting here this time next year and we still haven't received that tax certification. So she just decided to hold a couple thousand back. This was a seller that had no um, no uh, mortgage or anything to okay. do. So they sold their property for two hundred forty thousand outside of their outside of their closing costs. They were walking away with a very nice uh, paycheck. So the, the the seller was like, "Yeah, I got no issues holding a couple of grand back. If that means I can get pretty much." You know, he was still walking away with like two hundred and twenty, two hundred nineteen thousand. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like, "Yeah, hold a couple back," and that's what we did. She held a, a little bit of money back. We still closed. Buyer got the house. Um, uh, sell 
seller still got the majority of proceeds. We got an email like a week and a half later. Um, title company was like, hey, got the letter from Jordan Tax Service. As the seller indicated, the the, the taxes were owed. Um, you know, we paid him. He's going to get a refund for a couple hundred bucks for what we kept over. And life is good. And we all go about our merry way. So know that, you know, if there's a way to avoid delaying closing, we will do it. Um, so know that we're only delaying closing if it's an absolute necessity. Um, now I will tell you, I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. Not every title company would have done what that title company did. So I was, I was very grateful for what they did. I know there are other title companies who have said, nope, we're delaying closing um, until we get that tax certification. So it is a, an important point to note that it is important to know who you're working with because not all title companies are created equal. Uh, but just know if there's a way we can work not delaying closing, we will absolutely do it. So. Okay, so delay if necessary. That's you know, but terminate with great uh, discretion. Like really, make sure you have a lot of conversations with your uh, real estate advisor, and and make sure you you, you come to, uh, completely understand all the consequences that could happen uh, by by doing that. That's a great final thought. I think I think we're gonna leave that as the final thought. Delay at all possible, um, but and and terminate with great diligence. Make sure it's because once it's done, it's done. Yeah. Um, and, and and yeah, and 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 then also no, be angry, be upset, be pissed. You have that right to. Uh, trust me, I guarantee you. Every the last one that I had delayed was delayed. I think about two weeks, um, and it was the bank, and we were livid with the bank. Not West Banco, because last week's episode was with Nick Barish at West Banco Bank. Not West, or I'm sorry, not West Banco Bank, West Banco. Um, it was with the bank, and it was no one else's fault. It wasn't the buyers. It wasn't the sellers. It wasn't either agent. It wasn't the title company. So be mad, be upset. But once you had that time to decompress, move forward with caution, delay if at all possible, and terminate only if absolutely necessary. Okay. All right, everybody. Great advice. As always, fascinating conversation. If you are thinking about buying and selling anytime in the next year, year and a half or something like that, Jason would like to start to process with you as soon as possible. Uh, the earlier you get started, the the easier it is for him to help you and the more smooth the process will go. You can reach out to Jason at 412-651-4638 or you can email Jason at Jason dot wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and we'll catch you all on the next really real real estate podcast with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.